Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcasts. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else, however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Wait a second. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. It's going somewhere. this song before a few of you thank you Virginia that's good that, that, that'll continue on for another three minutes of the guitar solos and crazy drum fills and all that kind of stuff. For those of you that, that are in the dark about what that song was, that is from the movie Godspell. The musical Godspell. Sorry, I, I, I saw the movie. I never saw the musical. But it's, it's the... I guess it's, it's, it's the, the counter to Jesus Christ Superstar from back in, in the 70s. You know, the 70s was known as, as the, the Jesus People Revolution. Possibly one of the, the largest revivals that, that the world has ever seen. Millions of people have come into the, into the kingdom because of what was going on in the 70s. And as a result, the, the musical, the, theatrical world decided that they wanted to try to get in. And, and so they wrote a couple, and, and one of them was Jesus Christ Superstar, and the other was Godspell. And in this, this, this movie, you can actually go out and see it maybe on, uh, I don't know, uh, Amazon or maybe uh, Netflix or something. But it, it's set in New York City, and John the Baptist comes in pushing a wheelbarrow, and he's got this shofar. That's what the, the, what the, the little sound was. And he's basically singing the words of John the Baptist as they enter into New York City. And of course he sings and, and then these people start, they hear his, his voice, they hear the horn and they start coming. 
and there's this neat scene of how they're, they're doing kind of a, a quasi-baptism in the Bethesda Fountain in Central Park in New York. And, uh, but I guess it was a little bit more exciting for me than it is for you, so uh, I'll leave that to you to go out and, and, and look, do that research yourself. But that, that musical was, was released in 1971, and it's been produced... And uh, by multiple touring companies and experienced many revivals, including film and revival production on Broadway starting in 2011. And Brenham High School did it in, was it 15, 16? Two years ago. ago. Okay, that would be 16, 17, right? That that school year. So anyway, I I, I like it. It's dear to my heart. Um, But anyway, I'm I'm continuing our series this morning out of the Gospel of Mark, and I'm calling this installment The Messenger. Now, Mark began his account of the good news by quoting the prophets, Micah and Isaiah, who lived during the years of 735 and 685 B.C. And their prophecies referred to this mysterious messenger who would pave the way for the Lord's coming. Now, Hundreds of years passed from the time of Isaiah, and prophets of the Lord lived and died. And the last recorded Old Testament prophet was Malachi. And his words echoed the words of Isaiah before him when he said, Look, I am sending my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple the messenger of the covenant, whom you look for so eagerly, is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Now, Malachi was said to have died in the year 420 B.C. Now, his death marked uh, the beginning of uh, a period that Protestants call the intertestamental period, basically the, the, the time between the Old Testament in the New Testament. And in the Catholic and Orthodox traditions, they call it the, the deuterocanonical period. If you want to have a really neat word, I can, I can tell you how to spell that. But uh, it took me a few times to practice to make sure it would fit on my tongue. But both of those traditions there are describing the, that span of 400 years of, which was essentially prophetic silence in the nation of Israel. Up until that time, they were used to hearing every so often there might be a, a prophet that would come and, and they, would, they would start prophesying and, and declare God's will and God's purposes for the people of Israel. And, and the words of the prophets were intended to steer God's people back to Him. Well, as this, this time went on and the prophets lived and died, and they got to this, this in-between period, the people of God were distressed because there was no word from the Lord. There was no one prophesying. There was no one declaring what God was doing. And so, if you can imagine, if you're, if you're used to hearing a message, or you're looking for a prophet, or someone to speak to you, to tell you what God was saying, and then all of a sudden that stopped, you kind of feel lost. Now, we, we have the, the privilege 
of being able to look at our Bible and say, well, there, there was the, the ending and then there was the beginning of the New Testamental period. But during that, that time, no one, they, they, they didn't know what to expect. And so they're waiting and they're looking and they're, they're anticipating that maybe some, at some point God will speak to us. Now before this period began, the prophet Amos said, People will stagger from sea to sea and wander from border to border, north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. They were, this was the, what the prophets had, had said would one day come. Now, if you remember from last week, I described how ancient kings and queens, whenever they were coming into a region that they haven't been to before, they would prepare the road and the things that they would do, you know, they're, they're being carried on a couch, and, and so these people are on foot, and they're trying to make sure that those people that are carrying them have good footing. Because, you know, if, if they happen to stumble and something happens to the king or queen and they happen to fall out of the cart... It's on you and you die. So they, they go before the kings and the queens and they, and they prepare the way by smoothing out the roads. They try to bring down the high places and raise up the low places so that there's a place that's level for them to walk on. And then there's a messenger who goes out before them. And, and their job is to run far ahead and start yelling, Prepare the way! Make way for the king! Make way for the queen! That's their job. They're the messenger. They're going before to prepare the way for the king or the queen or whoever the magistrate might be who's being carried into that region. And last week I talked about how Mark began his gospel account with the announcement, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Kind of like that, that messenger that went before the king and the queen. You drank my water. <laughs> it's okay. I don't need. I actually don't need the water. I I, I just noticed what she did. So uh, anyway, sorry, sorry. That, that that's ADD kicking in, by the way. So, uh, but last week we 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 read from from Mark chapter one verses 1 through 3, and Mark's account started with these words. Prepare the way of the Lord's coming. Clear the road for Him. It was just like the messengers that went before kings and queens of old. And that announcement effectively ended 400 years of prophetic silence that had existed in the nation of Israel. God was speaking to His people again. So, who was this messenger? And why should we care about him? So let's go to our text. In, in verse 4, Mark says, The messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and he preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. All of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River, which was a sign of repentance. 
His clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. And John announced, Someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And the older versions say, and fire. Now, I want, to, want you to see just a couple of things here this morning. First of all, after 400 years, there was a word from the Lord. And the people of God, John's day responded to it. Now, it, it also needs to be said that John kind of had the look that kind of made him look like he was a prophet. I mean, if you heard that somebody was on the, on the edge of town that was dressed in the clothing that, that John was, was wearing, the equivalent today would be like you know someone that might be dressed maybe like a clown or someone in, in some kind of clothing that drew attention to himself. Because in his day, he's in the desert, it's warm out there, and he's wearing these, this coarse camel hair on his body, and he's got this belt around his waist. I mean, he, he has the look of, of a crazy person. And in, in prophetic history, it, you read about the different prophets, the kind of things that, that the prophets did. Ezekiel, you know, he was known to lay on the ground on one side for so many days, and then the Lord told him to turn over and lay on the other side for a few days. And, and so John is in the wilderness. And I can just imagine that he might just be just preaching to the hills. And somebody who might just be out exploring, maybe, you know, they're, they're picking up rocks. They hear this, this voice. And so they're drawn to see who is this that's speaking at the top of his lungs. And then they come out and, and they see this guy that's just kind of ranting and raving in the, in, the, in the desert, in the wilderness. And then they go back and say, you've got to come see this guy. He, he looks like an Old Testament prophet. And he's talking about the Lord is coming. Prepare the way for the Lord. And so the crowds begin to come because they hadn't heard a word from the Lord in 400 years. So... We, we see this about John, but in, in the book of Luke, he also, Luke adds a little detail that Mark doesn't give us. We have the, the entire story of where John comes from. He, his mother was, was Mary's cousin. And she had not had a child. And she and her, her husband, Zechariah, they're, they're, they're getting old. Zechariah's an old priest. And as part of the prophecy for Mary that she was going to bear the Christ child, she, she told, or the Lord told her, go visit your sister Elizabeth because she is with child. This lady that has never had a child before is now carrying a child who will be the forebearer of your son. And in, in this story, we, we, and there's, there's so much about the story that... that Zechariah, he doesn't believe whenever the Lord comes to him to say that, that you're going to have a son. 
And so he can't speak. And he goes through the, the time that the child is, is being carried by his mother. And finally it comes to the time that he's supposed to be named. And then the people are expecting him to be named Zechariah after his father. He's unable to speak. And they're trying to name this child Zechariah. Well, if, if this is the custom, that he's supposed to be named Zechariah. And then Zechariah writes the name. His name is John. And he's able to speak. And when he starts speaking, he prophesies about his son. And he says this in Luke chapter 1, verse 76. You will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. That's a pedigree. If anybody that was wanting to be known as a prophet, anyone who wanted to, to bear that title, it was given to John before he was even born. And then in Luke chapter, chapter 1 verse 80, it goes on to say that John grew up and became strong in spirit. And he lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry to Israel. You see, he was being prepared as a prophet, even from, from his childhood. That, and and I, I'm, I can only imagine that he felt the leading of the Holy Spirit to go out into the wilderness to prepare. But he spent his, his entire life in the wilderness until he publicly appeared to Israel. But when John showed up, he also displayed the authority of an Old Testament prophet. And he, the, the words of Malachi, chapter 4, verse 5, I'm sending you the prophet of Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. And we read in, the, in, in Mark that people far and wide flocked to John to hear his message, and they had him to baptize them in the Jordan River. And the significance of the Jordan River, you know, it, there, there was a time that there was a guy by the name of Naaman who was supposed to have washed because he... He had leprosy. And he came all the way to see the prophet, and the prophet told him, well, you just need to go wash in the Jordan River. Why, do, why would I want to wash in the Jordan River? That's a filthy river. But the significance of that is just that the people who came to hear John, they didn't care. They didn't care that it was, that it was an unclean river. They wanted to, to be cleansed from their sins. They wanted to receive that forgiveness. They were responding to the Word from God that hadn't been heard in over 400 years. And John's message signaled a turning point. That wasn't much of a transition. But, but John's message was a signal of a turning point for mankind. Up until that point, whenever prophets would prophesy... And they, they said that there is a, there's a Messiah to come. Hundreds of years previous, they would speak this prophecy. And, and the thing about prophets, they only see what the Lord tells them and they don't know what kind of time frame that they're going to be looking at. And so 
prophets like Isaiah who, who lived 400 plus years before Malachi, they're prophesying about this Messiah that would come. And the consistency of these messages are being heard year after year, generation after generation. Well, John comes and, it, and it's a fulfillment of all these prophecies that there is somebody that's coming and the one who we're waiting for is going to follow soon after him. And when John shows up, this is the anticipation that people are experiencing. That something is, something's going on here. We've never seen anything like this. We've never seen a guy like this in our time. John says, someone is coming. And the way that he spoke that word, it was, it was a, basically a, a political announcement. Another king is coming. And we know from, from Luke's account of the gospel story that King Herod, when he heard that there was a king coming, you know, that the, the wise men came from the east, they came to him and said, we've, we've come to worship the new king. He got paranoid and decided that he was going to kill all the children that were under two years of age because he couldn't withstand a rival. So someone is coming. A king is coming. Someone that is to be reckoned with. This means that there's a regime change. The future entered the present because Jesus came from the Father and was coming into the world. That was the future kingdom coming into our, our present existence. And what John was pointing to is that God is available now. Which was something completely different than the other prophets were saying. They kept pointing ahead and John was pointing, He's right behind me. And when John was describing the one who, who would follow him, he said, He's someone who is greater than I am. And he's not just a king. He's not just another prophet. He's the Messiah, the one that we've been waiting for, the one that we've heard about all our lives, the ones that we heard about from our grandparents and the ones that we heard from their grandparents again and again and again, over and over and over again. A king is coming. The Messiah is coming. Our deliverer, our Savior is coming. And He's almost here. And he also adds this. The one who follows me is the one who will baptize in the Holy Spirit and in fire. Now John was baptizing in the Jordan River. People were coming and they were asking John to baptize them so that they could be forgiven for their sins. Well, prior to Jesus coming, really all that, that the, the baptism meant to them was basically like taking a bath. Water washes off the dirt and the filth that, that, that we accumulate in, in the course of our lives. And so by, by allowing John to baptize them, they're, they're being cleansed. This, is, this represents for them a cleansing, a change of life. 
but there's only so much that they could do on their own. There's only so much that they, they could do as, as those who were following after Jehovah. And John points to the Holy Spirit as one that, that will transform, that will change, that will renew a person. Because, you know, we all know that we can go and we, we can be baptized, but unless there's a change of heart, you just got wet. And John was preaching this message that you must repent for your sins. You must change your life. This is what this king requires, that you change your life and you adhere your ways to him. And when he comes, he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. You will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that fire will change you and and cleanse you on the inside where no water can even get to. That, that transformation can't happen just th- through following these, these rules and the, and the things that we've, that we've learned. That He's going to come and transform and change us through the power of the Holy Spirit. So what does, what does all this mean for us now? This is the message that came. That, that the messenger came. The King is coming. The, the Messiah is coming. Our Lord is coming. Prepare the way for the Lord. What does that mean for us now? Well, first of all, I I think we need to understand that everything has changed. John's announcement, I mean, this was pointing to something completely new, completely different. The kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God, of the age to come, is available to us now because Jesus came to us in the present. And Jesus came and He brought His rule and reign with Him. And that means that we have power over sin. That we can experience salvation. Direct access to God. That we can experience power over sickness, disease, and infirmity. That people can be healed. See, that, that's, that's part of what the age, of, uh, age to come has. In this life, you get sick and you die. In this life, you, you have an infirmity and you have to live with it until you die. But in the age to come, you can be healed. You can be transformed. When we believe that whenever we, we, we get to heaven, whenever we experience going to heaven, that there will be no one lame there. There will be no one who is sick there. There will there'll be no one who lacks anything because we are, have entered into the realm, the kingdom of God that has been waiting for all of us. Well, when Jesus came, the kingdom entered into the present. Now, it's not here in its fullness. It's not here in its completeness. And that's why when we get sick, sometimes we don't get healed. That's, that's when sometimes we don't experience that healing from infirmities that we, it, we have in our lives. But we have the hope that one day we will be whole. And that hope is available to us now. And we may not experience it here, but we will in the age to come. But there's power over sin, there's power over sickness, disease, and infirmity. And there's power over evil spirits. And power, the power of the bondage of Satan. That we can be delivered from the bondage of Satan. 
Addictions. We can be set free from the addictions that, that, that latch onto our lives. Transformation, reconciliation, renewal, being, being made right with God is available to us all now. This is what John was proclaiming whenever he, he came up out of the Jordan River. And we can ex expect to see the kingdom break in at any time when we share the good news. That's the, the, the good news, the gospel, that when we share that message, when we, when we receive that message, we can expect to see the kingdom break in. The rule and reign of God break into our existence and our lives. In Luke chapter 7, later on John the Baptist is in, in prison. And we know the rest of that story, that he, he, he gets sent to prison and he ends up being beheaded for, for crossing the king. Well, he's in prison and he's, he's, he's a little, little desperate. And so he sends his messengers to Jesus. And Luke records this, At that time Jesus cured many people of their diseases and illnesses and evil spirits, and He restored sight to many who were blind. And then He told John's disciples, Go back and tell John. Tell him what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And He added, God blesses those who do not fall away on account of me. You see, John was, John was wondering. You know, he's in jail. He thought that, that Jesus would be the one who would, who would set everything right. You know, why am I rotting away in jail? I mean, if you're the Messiah, then you should be able to set me free. And Jesus responds by telling him, these things are happening as a sign that the kingdom has come. People are being healed. People are being saved. People are being set free. And Throughout this series, we're going to be talking about this reality that the kingdom of God has come to us. And the power of the age to come is available to us to save, deliver, and to heal. And we can experience that now. So as we, as we move through this series, I want us to be able to prepare our hearts, to prepare ourselves, to prepare the way for the Lord to come to us, for Jesus to reveal Himself to us once again, so that we can experience the breaking in of the kingdom in our lives. Can we stand together this morning? One of the things that, that I, I've been, been thinking about and I've, I've, I've talked to a few, a few folks about already is, is, to, is to make an opportunity to respond to the gospel. The gospel is the good news that Jesus has come to save us from our sins, to save us from our lives of, of despair, 
to give us hope, to give us peace, to give us health, to give us the things that we need in, the, in this life. If you're here this morning and you're not in a place where, where you could say that you, you are experiencing the new life that Jesus gives, I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. Because that, that's the message, to prepare the way for the Lord, to prepare your heart to receive the King who's come. Because there's not going to be another one. He's already come, and He's made that available to us. So if you're here and you, and you know in your heart, hey, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not in a place where I'd like to be. And it's not in, in, in any kind of condemning sense that, that he, the Lord wants us to receive His mercy and His love and His grace. And He wants us to know Him as Savior and Lord. If you're here this morning and you need, you need to make things right, I want to, want to give you an opportunity to make that right today. If you're here this morning and you, you have a physical need in your body, you see, we're, we're a church that we, we don't just believe just saying, well, you know, be healed. You know, we'll pray for you later. We'd like to put our hands on you and, and, and pray for you now. And we believe that, that, that in, in that laying on of hands that we experience the touch of the Lord. So if you're here and maybe if you're experiencing pain in your back or maybe it's a pain in the hip or, or maybe you're having issues with headaches or anything that, that, that is causing you difficulty, Jesus can heal that. That's what Jesus came to do, was to set free, to heal and deliver. So if you need that, if you need a touch in your body, if you're, if maybe you're, you're, you're under the weather or whatever, I want to pray for you and give you an opportunity to receive healing from the Lord today. And if you're here and, and you, just, you, need, you need encouragement, you need, you need the Lord's touch in some way that maybe I haven't even touched on, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. So I, I'm just going to say, well, tell you what, let's do this. Come Holy Spirit. Come and have your way in this room. If you feel comfortable holding out your hands, if you, if you have a, a physical need that, you, that you'd like the Lord to to touch and, and to heal. Just, just, just hold out your hands this morning. Holy Spirit, come and bring the kingdom. Come, Holy Spirit, bring the kingdom and, and break into this room today. Touch physical needs that are present in this room. God, in Jesus' name, bring your healing into this room, Lord. Bring your healing into this room. Holy Spirit, draw us back to you. 
if you're one of those that might might say that, you know, I'm not where I need to be with the Lord, you might just want to just say a prayer, Lord, come back into my life. Forgive me for my sins. Set me free from the things that, that weigh me down. And help me to walk with you. Lord, in Jesus' name, let us experience your presence in this room this morning. And I feel like, too, that there are some that, that need hope. Lord, I ask you to come and bring hope. Speak your words of hope this morning. Speak your words of life. God, in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we love you, and we want to love you more. Draw us to yourself. Lord, fill us with your Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and just fill us today. Let us experience your presence, that fire burning inside of us, igniting us with passion for the things that you want for us, Lord. Lord, let your hand rest on us today. Be with us. Guide us, Lord. Help us to see things in you that we've always wanted to see. Open our eyes, God. Let us see what you're doing, what you're doing in our families, what you're doing in our home, what you're doing in those job situations. Lord, in Jesus' name, move across this room today. Lord, we bless you. We thank you. I'm going to encourage you to do something before you go today. I mentioned the prayer cards. I mentioned the, the connect cards. It's almost time to go, but if, if, if you felt the Lord do something, would you mind just jotting that down on a, on a card? Or if you don't feel like you have time to write it down, maybe shoot me a text this week or, or just send me an email. Joel at Vineyard Brenham, you can, and, and if, you, if you don't have my cell phone number, you need to get it. I've got a card out there in the, in the foyer, and you can, you can get in touch with me. But I, w- I want to hear from you about what God's doing in your life. Because I, I, I got a feeling that stuff happened in here this morning. Stuff happened. Yeah? Somebody? Yeah? Yeah? So I want to hear from you. I, w- I want to hear from you what God's doing. It wasn't an accident you were here today. But I want us to, to get used to and to expect the kingdom breaking in. Because that's what Jesus does. We're going to be talking about Jesus 
And we'll probably be in Mark for, for a couple of months, if maybe more. And we're just going to be talking about Jesus. And, and I'm, I'm going to be encouraging you to press in and get to know Him in a way that you've never known Him before. And, and I, I promise you, if you do that, He will meet you and feel everything that you, you've, you feel like that you've, you've, you've been looking for, that you've been missing. So let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus. Thank you for, for the plan to bring him to us. And everything that you did so that we might have a way to you. And Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus as we go out of this, this place today, I, I, I ask, Lord, that you accompany us, that you, you go with us, that you guide us. And Lord, that we would, we would experience your presence as we go about our day, as we go about our week, as we go about the rest of this month, Lord, that we experience you in our lives. Lord, we're making way for you. Come and meet us. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.